and gentlemen, welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for health and athletics. Two Australian trail championships, a 24-hour track race, six-foot track marathon, and has represented Australia three times at the long-distance mountain running world championships. I mean, I guess you could say ain't no valley high or mountain low that she can't run, right? I mean, it's the other way around. Anyways, let's just say she knows a thing or two about running. Did I mention that Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons? So, yeah, she knows her stuff. You'll be sure to get all your questions answered and maybe even a runner's high just by listening to the advice and good vibes of the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I've had great feedback about my last pod and people seem to be loving the new format. Of course, I will be doing the occasional interview. I've got a few lined up in my mind, so still watch out for those. Now, personally, I've had a great couple of weeks of training myself. I've just finished the last two big weeks of training before I, well, I am basically beginning the taper for Dane Under. Ron and I went out to the course last weekend, um, and yesterday too, but last weekend we trained on a section that was particularly technical and slow going. We were using the course navigation on the Garmin watch, and this made trying to find the course and the route a bit challenging, because of course you can't see the whole map, you just see a little bit, and then it's telling you off, off course, on course, it's got quite complicated. However, we got it done in spite of taking a lot longer than we expected. Of course, I don't run all the time, although it might seem like it. I also love to read or listen to podcasts or Audible, so I thought I would share with you what I have been reading and listening to in the last couple of weeks. So, I've been reading a great book by Tina Tower, and it's called One Life, How to Have the Life of Your Dreams, and I have to say I've been really loving it. I'm a big believer in acknowledging how short our lives are and living them to the absolute fullest, even if that involves doing some crazy challenging things like going to Barclay, which was getting me right out of my comfort zone. A life in my mind without challenges, and this is just my opinion, is a life half-lived. I've really come into this philosophy since the death of my parents. They always had such big ideals and hopes and wanted to see big changes and create big changes and I saw that once they died quite frankly it was like they'd never been here and to me then it felt like what was the point of it all I know that sounds depressing but it's not that's when I decided that the point was to suck the marrow out of life to do everything you possibly can so you don't end up at the end with a bunch of woulda coulda shouldas um, and I've also just started listening on audible to Lisa Nichols whatever it takes book Lisa is a motivational speaker and I just love her mindset on life and the way she explains things and talks about things. Let me know if you have any recommendations for books, audibles or podcasts and they don't have to be about running, those two weren't, but of course they help me with my running life because they help my mentality. Now on to the main part of the pod, the meat and potatoes so to speak. This week I'll be talking to you about the layout of a running program as an athlete prepares for a race. So we're talking about just a season. A running program needs to be well planned if it is to meet the objectives of the runner and to elicit their physiological best. We can kind of think of the overall training plan as, say, a menu. 
on a menu, you will see sections for entree, main course, and dessert, the best bit. Um, and, and we choose what we're going to use. So we start with the entree. In our overall training program, the macro cycle, building your base is the entree. This is where we focus on getting in all those runs to help make sure you have the basis on which to build your speed and endurance. So there will be some strides in there, some pickups, that sort of thing, but not any real speed work. It is the foundation for all your subsequent training. Without a base, you don't have the conditioning in your legs or your body in general to be able to run long or hard when you need to run hard because please do some easy runs. Not all runs should be hard. Now, the main course is the bulk of the program. This is the structured program that most people are used to seeing. This is where you have all the fancy workouts and so forth. Not that they need to be fancy, sometimes simple is best. Now, within this are the different training blocks themselves, the mesocycles that make up the macro cycles, and that will be focused on now. I train athletes according to the least specific to the most specific workouts theory to their race, obviously. That means that this, at the start of their structured training, the intervals will be shorter and higher intensity, basically VO2 workouts. These workouts develop the engine of the athlete and get them out of that one pace mentality that is the standby of many athletes. They are really hard work, but speed can and does enhance endurance performance. If an athlete has this speed in their toolbox, they'll be able to develop endurance that is thus tinged with more speed. And once you have that, that's just fantastic to have. Once we've worked on a block of training for speed, and the length of the block for this will depend on the length of time we have before race day and the level of experience of the athlete. Certainly if they've just come off a marathon training block, we won't need to do as much of that sort of stuff. And then we can move on to workouts that are more specific to ultra running. For this reason, I'll progress the athlete to workouts that are longer, as in the workout portion is longer, not the whole run, and work more on increasing their lactate threshold. These types of sessions fall into the comfortably uncomfortable range, which not all runs should be at, and enable the runner to push for long periods during a race. It's basically increasing their stamina. They increase the ability to be on the correct side of suffering, that is, just before you fall into that, oh my God, this is too much suffering and I've got to slow down. And increasing that level, basically the lactate threshold, means the athlete can race faster. This period is also when the length of the long run increases. Once again, this is, makes it more specific. Also, if an athlete is going to face particular terrain, like stairs, UTA anyone, in the race, they would be added in here too, as you don't want to add that in too early in the program. For myself, depending on the length of this cycle, throughout this more specific block, I still like to sprinkle in a few speed sessions just to keep the athlete sharp and to keep the muscle memory of those sort of faster speeds. This block is also where the athlete can participate in some practice races. This is where they race at a shorter distance, but not quite all out. It's basically a B or a C race. In this way, they don't need long tapers or rest periods before and after and can keep going with their training, just roll through it. It's like a hard run, but they're run at a hard tempo pace. So they are an excellent way to test, um, you know, race experience, shoes, kit, nutrition and mindset. And, and if you can find a race with similar elevation gain and loss or terrain to your A race, that makes it even more beneficial. Now, a very important metric for the coach to think about when creating this overall plan is can the training an athlete is doing support the race distance they aspire to? There is a minimum amount of mileage that an athlete needs to do to be ready for different race distances. 
for 50k to 50 miles a runner needs to be completing a minimum and that means minimum this is not what the you know more would be better a minimum of six hours per week starting at least six weeks before race day for 100k to 100 miles the absolute minimum and i personally would want more is nine hours per week starting as a minimum nine weeks before the event these are the minimums required for completion of a race not optimal race performance if a runner is looking for improved performances these will need to be increased okay we will just take a short break to thank our sponsors and to hear a testimonial Hi, I'm Tracy, and I've been working with Isabel at Peak Endurance Coaching for just over a year now, and I'm really enjoying my time with her. Isabel knows how to create individual programs that are specific to each of her athletes. Um, she really takes into account the whole picture, um, our lifestyles, our strengths, our weaknesses, and whatever our specific goals are. Um, and as a result, we get to achieve our goals, which is so great. So thank you, Isabel. Um, Isabel's own experience is also so valuable to us, and I love how available she is. If, if we ever have any questions or we're not sure about anything to do with our training or outside of our training, um, things like nutrition or um, race plans, what gear to pack, um, Isabel's always there to offer a hand um, and to help us through. So thank you, Isabel. Thanks for being there. Thanks for your support, and I'm looking forward to us achieving our goals this year. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation. You can't enjoy it like you once did. Or worse, your performance has taken a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times where the wind blew past your ears. Nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit a specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. Let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au slash run, or you can find them on Instagram at Health High Performance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more. Of course, throughout all of these blocks and training cycles, is the importance of rest and recovery days. This is where the athlete either completely rests, a full rest day, but with maybe some light active recovery, like taking the dog for a walk, doing some yoga, or they run easy. And I mean easy, it's just like shaking the leg side. It's not trying to get his pace for Strava. These are very important aspects for reducing the chance of injury and overtraining, as well as providing a psychological rest for athletes. Things to take note of within the training program, and I did a live about this the other day. A singular long run is not a benchmark for success on race day. Successful preparation for an ultra marathon is a function of total volume, not a singular run. Ultra runners tend to put far too much pressure and emphasis on the one single longest long run. Any single day is only a tiny fraction of the weeks and months, hopefully, of training accumulated during the entire training process. Your long runs and longest run should have purpose. 
that purpose or intent should not be driven from some arbitrary and predetermined number that acts as a prerequisite for success, such as I must do an 80k run before I can race 100k and it must be two weeks before, or that you have heard that your friends are doing. Similarly, the intent or purpose should not be driven from the physical rationale that you need a long run to improve your aerobic capacity, mitochondrial density, musculoskeletal integrity, fat oxidizing enzymes or any other physiological phenomenon as you should have already worked on those in your day-to-day -day training if you have been consistent with it and had a proper program. Your long run intent or purpose should come from your current training status, how much time you actually have available and what reasonable progression from what you've been doing looks like. Then you should take into account specifically what you want to accomplish during the long run aside from the physical. For instance, practicing nutrition and that includes dinner the night before as well as breakfast the day off because they all influence your nutrition during the run. Kit, poles, walking heels on tired legs and so on. If you go out for a massive run that severely depletes you just before your big race, it's highly unlikely you will see peak performance on race day. Please don't make the mistake many runners make and leave your race performance out there in training. Save your racing for race day. That's what you're training for. The time period when the highest volume occurs is typically the last training block right before the taper starts. Following on from mains, of course, comes dessert, which is a taper and race day itself. The race is the reward for all the hard work you have been, in, have been doing. The taper is very in individual and is equally loved and maligned by athletes. However, it is critical to race performance. Recovering is the limiting factor for many, many athletes. Turning up to race day tired will not bring out the best in any runner. Now, the taper usually lasts two to three weeks, mine is three weeks because it's such a long race and is characterized by the reduction of training volume whilst keeping the intensity. So, an athlete's long run will reduce in length and so will the length of daily runs, but not the consistency. You'll still run the same number of days. The taper does not mean 10 rest days. Even the length of the hard part of the quality sessions will shorten. However, the intensity will remain the same. For instance, the warm up and cool down to a quality session will decrease as will the length of the actual tempo effort itself. This is because tapering is all inclusive. Tapering is not just about a decrease in running volume but rather a reduction in total energy expenditure. This is when the athlete needs to rest up and not take on extra work around the home or office to comp compensate for their extra time available. Because remember we were trying to reduce energy expenditure and not injure ourselves doing home repairs. Race week itself will involve a very little mileage and lots of extra sleep, especially if you've got a big run that will require sleep deprivation. In this way, the athlete will turn up to the race ready and raring to go. Many runners struggle with the taper as they fear they will lose fitness. If a training program is properly constructed, constructed and the taper done correctly, this will not happen. Keeping the intensity in ensures this. Ultra runners often fall into the more is better theory of training and they then feel or may feel that they're not doing enough. I get it, but once again, if a properly constructed training program is followed, this is not a concern. The whole point of the taper is to reduce energy expenditure and to reduce stress on the body and mind. So relax, have faith in your training and look forward to your race.
and try not to get too nervous. Now this is where we also need to speak about how many times a year an athlete should race. Assuming that optimal race day performance is the goal rather than simply completion, which if it's just completion then I'm sure race as often as you want. These are the general recommended numbers for optimal race day performance. For 100 miles, one to two races every 12 months. Yep, that's all. And if you're training correctly with proper rest, taper and rest periods afterwards, that will be all you can fit in anyway. 100K and 50 milers, two to three times per 12 months. 50K, racing at hard effort, three to four times per 12 months. That doesn't mean I'll do all of them every 12 months. Um, for optimal rate, you know, to optimal performance level in one calendar year. That is a maximum effort for, you know, 100 miles or, or individual ones. In training for a miler, you could do an 80k in the lead up, but it won't be a 100% race effort as it's for training. For combinations of races, I would say one to 200 milers per 12 months for optimal ra at optimal race performance level with one to two 50ks at all like race effort. Two to 300ks or 50 milers with one to two 50Ks at hard effort. If you're doing three to four 50Ks at hard race effort, you could have two to three half marathons or up to 30Ks at hard effort. Frequent racing is detrimental to optimal performance. Frequent racing disrupts the flow of training with the constant um, tapering before and resting after. Not to mention the accumulated fatigue mentally and physically that comes from racing. So please don't over race unless you're just going for completion. Of course, following this training season, there needs to be some time for recovery. The length of this depends, of course, on the length of the race. For 50Ks, the rest period may only last one to two weeks and I would go at least five days without running. This, is, this involves either no running or very limited running and certainly not much structure. Do some other things you enjoy. Go for a bike ride. 100K would involve two to three weeks minimum and a mile of three to four weeks minimum. This break is good for the athlete, not only physically, but also mentally. In this way, they will return to training with renewed passion and drive. And you won't lose that much fitness and you'll get it back quickly. Continuously training, racing, training, then racing again at infinitum leads to overtraining syndrome and burnout. I can pretty much guarantee it. Once the athlete has rested and recovered, it's back to building up the base again. As alluded to earlier, this does not need to last too long if the athlete already has a long history of running in their body. Alrighty, so next week I will talk about the different types of cross-training that can be incorporated into your program to enable you to become an all-round athlete and to potentially improve your running. Now I know this is a contentious issue, but stick with me on this one. Have a listen in and, and I might change your mind, you never know. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you find my chat about training informative. If you are interested in coaching, email me, Isabel with an O, at peakendurancecoaching.com.au. Also, don't forget to follow me on socials, Insta or Facebook. Look up Peak Endurance Coaching or you can follow me personally, Isabel Ross with an O. And if you want to get on my email list, and I do recommend it, if you want to get interesting newsletters with exercises, recipes and articles, head to my website, Peak Endurance Coaching dot com dot au also please do me a solid and hit the subscribe button on your preferred podcast playing platform that's a lot of p's there a review would be mighty helpful and kind of you too i love your support now wherever you are in the world have an awesome day or evening or night or whatever it is 
But most importantly, make sure you have fun out there on the roads and trails. Catch you soon.